we're still not fucking done. Uh, we're still here. The store's still open. Why are we not done? Why are we not done? Because it's anyway. the bonus Christmas episode. That's why. Tra la 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 la. I fucking hate Christmas. You hate Christmas? Oh my god! I hate you, Christmas. you fiend! You fiend! I like. I love Christmas. Are you kidding? I fucking hate Christmas. <laughs> wow. And and I fucking hate Christmas movies. I fucking ah. But you know what? But but you know what, guys? Today I'm putting. I'm putting uh, away my bias because uh, today on the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to examining film from a screenplay writer's perspective, we're going to talk about the Christmas classic, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Fun fact, this film came out one year after I was born in 1989, so... With that being said, as we do for all our episodes, Dean is going to take us through this Christmas classic, scene by scene. So, with all that out of the way, Dean, you want to take us away on this crazy Christmas ride of a film? I hate Christmas movies too. Um, A lot. Especially the Hallmark ones. I mean, I just, I can't. Um, I I just can't with those. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. I I thought you liked uh christmas hallmark movies oh no god no 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 so, like, no no i like the cheesy hallmark movies but i don't like the cheesy hallmark christmas movies because it just takes it to another level of cheesiness that i'm just not able to like you know mentally take um but there are a few christmas movies that i do like very very few could really count them on one hand national lampoon's christmas vacation is one of them. Came out in 1989 and was written by John Hughes. Now, for people that don't know who John Hughes is or have heard the name, let me just rattle off some Legend. of the movies. Oh, he's a genius. Some he's passed away Legend. now, unfortunately. Some these are some of the movies that he's written. So you can get a gauge of how amazing this guy is. So he wrote the original National Lampoon's um, Vacation, which is my personal favorite out of, like, all of the vacation movies. He wrote 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, Home Alone, Dutch, which if you haven't seen Dutch um, and not a lot of people have, you should watch it. It's fucking great. Curly Sue, Beethoven, Home Alone 2, Dennis the Menace, 101 Dalmatians, Flubber, Maidon, and uh, Miracle on 34th Street. That's just some. That's not even all of them. That's just fucking some. Yeah, I... I did not know that he wrote Flubber. I mean the the only the only John Hughes movies that I fucking hate are the are, are the ones about the fucking with the with the goddamn dog. I think it's oh, like, Beethoven. The Beethoven. But they're classics. They're classics. I, yeah, yeah, they, they're classics. But as uh, as you know, and I think uh, I think I've mentioned to our listeners that I fucking hate dogs. He hates Guys, animals. Just- Christmas Vacation, nineteen eighty nine. Clark Griswold is really into Christmas and promises to make it a good one until he turns everything completely around causing a domino effect of disasters. Now, anybody that knows the vacation movies knows Clark Griswold. He's any like, yeah, he's just like, he's a name that people that watch these movies know because he's just a 
famous character, I guess. So we'll start off. Opening scene. The Griswold family is, oh, and my favorite character is Ellen, which is his wife. Um, and in all the movies that they've been in together, the vacation movies, it's always the same Chevy Chase and um, Beverly D'Angelo that plays Ellen. But the kids always are always different. That always pissed me the fuck off. I, I was know. like, I don't understand why they, I don't understand why they kept recasting the kids. I mean, they kept, they kept Chevy Chase, obviously, and they and they kept uh, uh, the actress who played his wife, but they kept changing the fucking kids. I know. And, I know. You know. You know. As a kid, I had a crush on um, on uh, the the first uh, uh, little actress who played Audrey. Um, Audrey in the original uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, and I like the one who uh, also I like the actress who played uh, Audrey in National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the one, the actress that plays Audrey is actually Juliette Lewis in This Christmas Vacation and who the guy that played, the, act, the actor that plays Rusty is um, Jonathan Galecki. Um, I think he's on Big Bang Theory. So um, they're both pretty kind of famous in their own right. So anyway, the opening scene. I hate that fucking show. I, me too. <laughs> I do fucking hate that shit. Um, so anyway, the Griswold family are driving. It's snowy. Um, it's obviously around Christmas time, and Clark and Ellen are singing Christmas tunes. Very, very upbeat. Audrey and Rusty, the kids are in the back. They're not into it. They try to the that Clark cries tries to get them into it. They're not into it, and so right off the bat, you can see that Clark really loves Christmas, is really into Christmas. Ellen is into Christmas, but the kids kind of not so much. And that's literally within the first two seconds. And they're driving to get a Christmas tree. And then behind them, a a, a truck kind of rear ends them. And instead of Clark kind of being calm and collected, because he's such a buffoon, he gives them the finger. And obviously, if you're giving a finger to hillbillies... (laughs) They're not going to like it. So there's this whole kind of cat and mouse thing that ensues um, between like these these hillbilly truck drivers that are trying to kind of push them off the road. They didn't like, you know, Clark flipping the bird to them. Um, and Clark is kind of like oblivious to the fact, like, why are they doing this? He just doesn't understand. He reminds me of Peter Griffin from Family Guy. He does. And Ellen reminds me of Lois. I wouldn't be surprised if Seth, Seth MacFarlane modeled those characters after Clark and Ellen. Do you, do you feel like they're pretty much the fucking same? That's a really good comparison. And I never thought about that until you brought it up. But, you know, this opening scene with the Griswolds driving to get a Christmas tree, first of all, why the fuck do they have to drive in the middle of fucking nowhere to get a fucking Christmas tree? Second of all, when Clark and Ellen started singing, you know, Deck the Halls with Vows of Holly, I wanted to fucking reach to the scream and choked him to death because I hate parents who do that. I hate parents who make their children forcibly get into the spirit of Christmas. But then again, I don't like Christmas, but I, I found that scene really irritating because I'm like, dude, your kids aren't obviously happy. Stop trying to make, stop trying to force the, the, the spirit of Christmas onto them, right? If you want them to get the spirit of Christmas, they're going to get it organically through this movie and they don't need you to fucking do it for them. But that scene when, uh, that moment when Clark pisses off the hillbilly truck drivers who rear end him is 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 great because you know he he forces his car underneath one of a massive truck he does like a 
a move from like the Fast and Furious, and it's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful buffoon thing for Clark to do. And it was just a great scene. But the only thing that I didn't like about that scene was Clark singing the fucking Christmas tunes. Okay, Scrooge, that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> the only thing you didn't like is the positive part. <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's keep moving so anyway yeah he swerves under the truck he does the fast and the furious move um and then he gets out from under the truck and he he there's like a tractor in front of him he swerves to miss the tractor and then he plummets his car like into the snow and as he plummets it in he sits there and the family's kind of in shock and he goes, oh, we, we made pretty good time. And I <laughs> thought, thought that was hilarious because he just doesn't realise, like he's like Peter Griffin, he does not realise what he's done or what's happened. Like he's so oblivious to everything. No, yeah, no. And he, but he's so no, positive. He's- he never gets upset or angry about anything until like further on into the movie, which I really <laughs> think is cool. No, but he – no, but like you said, he's a walking fucking buffoon. Everything that he does – doesn't work and that is that is really inherent to the character and that's the charm of the character and that's really good writing by you know you know john hughes because uh, you know at one point in the movie which we're going to get to i'm not going to spoil but clark just loses it and he has this moment where he says fuck it and he just lets out all his frustrations yeah um which is my favorite part um but anyway so he's so good so anyway they plummet in the snow and then they're trudging through the snow to find a tree so he obviously doesn't want to get a tree from a place that sells trees he wants to chop down his own tree so they're trudging through the snow which looks like they've been doing it for like fucking like an hour at least and then audrey the daughter says i can't feel my legs and ellen's like clark honey audrey can't feel her legs and clark's like oh it's all a part of the experience (laughs) And I stopped. <laughs> you know, are you fucking kidding me? You, what? One of your children says, "Oh, Dad, I can't feel my legs." And then, you know, once they walk up to the tree, you know, Clark brings them all in close, like to get like a really tender moment. And the camera pans over to Audrey, and her eyes are fucking frozen. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's like the that's like the worst fucking father of the year. But with that being said, it was hilarious as fuck. Yes, but we all know Clark Griswold, and we all know what he's like. But I just fucking piss myself at that. Um, so they finally find a tree deep in the wilderness, and Clark goes, "This is it. This is the tree I've been looking for. This is the one." And then Rusty said, um, "You know, Dad, did you bring a chainsaw?" And Clark's face is just like, <laughs> "Oh shit." <laughs> you're just like and then it's like it like cuts to a scene of them driving home and the trees on top of the car and like they've like pulled the the tree out by the roots <laughs> i don't know how <laughs> look i don't know how they did that but they did that um no but yeah yeah no but like 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 um they didn't have like a like a crowbar in like the in like the trunk of his car because if you first of all he yeah there's there's no way in hell that they could have pulled that tree out by the roots I mean, I'm sure I'm sure John Hughes could have like put a little thing, like like maybe like maybe put something into the put something in the car to hint that they were gonna do that. But again, guys, if you're watching this movie as as a screenplay writer, you're watching it for the wrong reasons. You need to watch it for the Christmas hilarity that's going to ensue. You need to you need to turn off your fucking brain and just enjoy. Yeah, look, the National Lampoon movies, they, a lot of the slapstick comedy, which like, to me is like, it, it most shit is just not going to make sense. Like, obviously you cannot pull a tree out by the roots, but it works because 
it is in that genre of slapstick and you can get away with breaking a lot of rules. So that bit didn't really bother me because it was all a part of the scene and all a part of like, okay, yeah, in another movie I probably would have sat there and been like, they couldn't do that. How could they do that? That doesn't make sense. If it was like a drama or something. But this, I'm just like, you know what, let it go. So um, moving on, the next scene, uh, we kind of intro- we're introduced to the next door neighbors. And there's a guy, there's a man and a wife, and they're really snobby. And the wife is played by um, Elaine from uh, Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, they're really snobby, total opposite to Clark and Helen. And I think this, I thought this dialogue was hilarious. I love these people. Yeah, I love these people too. They come, they come in and out of the story. And I, I, I mean, look. Did you need them in the story? No, but do they bring another level of hilarity to the to the movie? Yes, they do. So I think that for that, um, they they should have stayed in there. And I like that John Hughes just just put them in there just for just for like comedic gags. So anyway, Clark comes out and he's got a chainsaw because obviously he's going to ch- you know um, chop the roots off the tree. And then the uh, the snobby neighbors come out. Um, and the guy says, oh, where are you going to put that tree? Like just he's like he's just being a smart ass. And then Clark goes, bend over and I'll show you. And I started laughing and he goes, no, not you. <laughs> Meaning the wife. <laughs> and he was he said it's such a straight face and it was it was fucking hilarious so great it was so great it's so great it's so great it's so deadpan so deadpan um when yeah yeah when you're gonna do jokes like if you're gonna do jokes in a film first of all i can't write jokes because i'm not a comedy writer but if you're gonna do jokes the best kind of jokes for me that work the best are deadpan jokes but um that line by clark risball was just fucking gold so uh the next scene is he's he's finally gotten the tree in the house and it's so big that like the the top of it kind of curls because it hits the roof like it's just fucking it's way too big and clark's kind of looking at it like no nah, it's great like he's just fucking like you love him because he just wants to see the positivity in everything even if it's fucking clearly negative and then there's like ropes holding it up and he cuts the rope and the tree like falls crashes through the window clark's like yeah it looks great <laughs> He just like <laughs> like he just doesn't like oh bless his soul. He's he he's got a yeah. he's got a good heart. Um but it I just thought that was funny. he's just yeah, it looks great. <laughs> and his family's yeah, like what I mean Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean I mean not to mention all the fucking sap in the tree. You know, you know, that plays into the next scene. So he's in bed with Ellen and Ellen's kind of saying, you know, my mother's coming over and they're talking about their family coming over like the next day. And Clark's reading a magazine and his fingers, because of the sap, it's getting stuck on like all the like, okay, so let's just go back in time to the 80s, 90s, where when you would buy a magazine, you would get a lot of extra stuff between the pages. Like you would get like envelopes and like, like sometimes you would get samples of stuff um, and that's sticking to his hands. And so all this shit is sticking and, and he's not, Ellen's not saying, because Ellen's used to his shit, right? So she's not saying, oh my God, your hands are sticky. He's, she's just like, oh, well it's Clark, right? Which is even funnier because none of them actually acknowledge what is going on? She could have said to him, "Go wash your hands," but she didn't because she's like, "Like it's just, it's just, it's just totally normal that his hands are getting stuck no. to the pages." No, but the thing is, during that scene, I was thinking with my logical brain, and I was going, "Why the fuck didn't he wash his hands? Why the fuck would he get in bed, uh, uh, you know, skim through one of those catalogs and get his fucking hands stuck to the perfume inserts because that's what they are, mm, or mm. that's what some of them probably are?" Mm. But I'm like, "Why the fuck?" 
didn't he wash his hands? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Clark. He's a fucking moron. This movie's That's illogical. Why he wash his hands. <laughs> this movie's yeah. illogical. Yeah, but I like the fact that, like, he puts the magazine away and then he grabs something for the side and then he puts his hand on Ellen's hair and his hand gets stuck in, in her hand. He's, like, trying to pull her over. <laughs> um, but the next scene is actually one of my favorite scenes and I actually I could not stop laughing at this. So Clark is in a department store and he's looking for a gift for his wife and he's looking in, like, the glass mm-hmm. case and then there's yep. a girl that comes up and she's like, hi, can I help you? And he looks up and as he looks up, like, her her boobs are not out, but they're pretty. Like she's wearing like a low cut top. You could pretty, you can fucking see them. They're big. They're nice. And she, he looks at her boobs, and then he looks at her, and she's like, I, "Look, I wouldn't say gorgeous, but I think for 1989, she was. She would have been like, like gorgeous, right? She looks like a model." And he's just like, he turns instantly into a 15 year old boy, like instantly. <laughs> like it, you can literally see the switch in his head. And, so good. and then it's so good. And then he starts like f- like trying to like lean on the counter, being really cool. And then he starts kind of flubbing his words, um, you know. And he's like, "Oh, I was just browsing, a uh, browsing." Um, <laughs> and she's just like oblivious. She's like, "Oh yeah, okay." Um, and then he says, "Oh, it's a bit nipply out, uh, nippy out." <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, really, really? It's like her boobs are. It's like it's like cleavage, and like instantly, it's like he's never seen a pair of boobs in his entire life. Oh my god, I was pissing myself at that. And then she's like, she says to him, "Can I take something out for you?" And then he's like, huh, 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 huh. <laughs> and then you're just like, and you're just like, oh my god, you're a forty year old man. Get a grip, fucking get a grip. <laughs> no, 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 and the, you know, you know, and the and the best part, like like at one point during the conversation when clark is still slurring over his words the camera pans over and his son you know starts to come uh, over and his son sees what clark is doing talking to this hot you know sales girl and what his son just goes he smiles and he nods and he walks over and when he walks over the the sales girl hikes up her skirt oh yeah or her blouse I'm like wow yeah because I mean, she's like yeah, oh, I mean, oh they, those are these underwear and she's like hiking up her skirt and clark's like oh yeah yeah it looks good <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean you couldn't make a you couldn't make a joke like that today oh no way okay. no way no, no way no way they'd be like you're exploiting women <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i, I know it's a it, oh, god we've got movies so pre- you know, the last five years because we've got a lot of stuff yeah. that they would like a lot of stuff pre five years ago, they would fucking never make now. So I'm glad that those movies actually fucking exist so we can go back and yeah. watch proper shit. Um, so anyway, after that, I'd love that scene. Um, Clark's at home and the family starts arriving. So his parents, his um, aunt and uncle, and then Ellen's parents. And it's just a little scene kind of introducing how annoying they are fucking going to be. But, um, I, I found it funny because, you know, Ellen's mum says to her, oh, you know, I think I've got hemorrhoids. And so you're like, oh, so like, so you're like, oh, this is going to be one of those family Christmases where people are just going to like say shit that they just shouldn't fucking say. And then Clark, <laughs> Clark, his uncle comes in with his auntie and his auntie's like 80 years old, like fucking senile as shit. And the uncle comes in and he takes his hat off and with the hat comes the toupee, which I think is really funny. And Clark freaks out and the guy doesn't notice. <laughs> Um, and I was thinking, oh, that's right. Guys used to wear toupees. Oh, that's – and then, like, he's trying to, like, put it on his head and the guy's not noticing. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know. I thought that And it so keeps funny. moving. And it keeps moving. It keeps moving. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps moving. When, um, when that scene happened, when, when um, 
you know, um, Clark's family members started to show up, I really, really, really got like anxiety. Well, I didn't get anxiety, but I'm like, dude, I feel, I feel, and I know the pain that you're going to go through because every time that I get together with my family on Christmas, it's not a bad thing, but it's just like this thing of like going in there spending an evening with my family and not wanting to fucking kill half of them yeah yeah i think a lot of people can relate to that scene when the family like literally like 90 percent of people can relate to to that and going oh i totally know what he's going through and you know what happens afterwards people can relate to that as well so the next scene, uh, Clark is putting up the Christmas lights around the house because he's, like, very obsessed with Christmas. And so he's bought, like, thousands and thousands very of lights. Very obsessed Christmas? So obsessed. So he's fucking a, obsessed. He's so obsessed. He's so obsessed. So he's putting up the Christmas lights. And he's using a stapler. I don't know. Is that what you use to do it with? Uh, it, you, you could use it with that. But if you, you, but if you, if you hang up your Christmas lights with that, you're going to fuck up the siding on your house? Yeah, right. So when um when when um when my family had a house, you know, uh back in better days and my grandfather would put uh uh Christmas decorations on the house, he would actually use electrical tape so that way he wouldn't fuck up the siding on the house. Oh, but okay, that's you better. could you you can use both, but it's advisable to use something that won't fuck up the your the siding on your house. So yeah. don't use staplers, people. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, I don't know if that's like and, right. Yeah. And another thing, if you're gonna hang if you're gonna like plug in a lot of shit, like your lights, your equipment, please use separate breakers. Do not put everything in one fucking outlet. That's very fucking dangerous. Oh my god, yeah, that's coming up. That's so fucking funny. Um So he's putting up the Christmas lights and then he staples his shirt to the house because he's an idiot and he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, And then he pulls his shirt and the arm comes off and then he he loses his balance on the ladder and he falls backwards onto a tree and then he falls forwards. Um, And I don't know, like Clark Griswold, like he gets into a lot of shit, but it's like the universe has his back. Like he's always saved. There's always something there to sort of like catch him, which I think is quite funny. No, but th- th- that's the thing. Like, like, like in all the National Lampoon's movies, this guy gets into so much shit and so many situations where he should have broke his fucking neck. And throughout this movie, I'm thinking, who the fuck is watching over you? Because you should be dead already with all the shit that you've done. But you know, that's the charm of Clark Griswold. That's the that's the Peter Griffithness in Clark Griswold because. God, must love fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, So then um, he's putting lights on the roof and, like, he's putting a lot of lights, like thousands and thousands, like every inch of his house has a fucking little tiny light on it, Christmas light on it. Um, And then he trips, obviously he trips, he's on the roof and he falls and he he holds onto the gutter and then the gutter breaks and as it breaks, half of it breaks off and then goes flying into the next door neighbor's window. (laughs) And they're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) And it just like makes them like everything that he does affects them and their house. And it just makes them angry. And you just find it hilarious because he doesn't realize he's doing it um, because they don't really bring it up to him. They just, yeah, I just think that that's so funny. It just, everything he does affects them. Guys, these people are me 
when I see, you know, you know, cheery fucking people, mm-hmm. you know, out during Christmas or when I see fucking people listening to Christmas music, I'm these fucking people that that if I had enough balls, I would open up the fucking window of my bedroom and say, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, 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 like these people are me. When Clark climbs up the ladder, before he climbs up the ladder, these two people come out of the house. And I think it's Louis, uh, I think it's um, Louise Dreyfus who says it. I really hope he falls and he, and he, she, she says, I really hope he falls and he breaks his neck. Yeah. And her, her husband goes, oh, we'll probably fall, but you know, we won't be that lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. Which is true. So he's put all the lights up and he's all the he wants to get all the family out in his house, out in the front yard. Come on, come see the lights. And everyone's out and he's so excited. This is it. This is his moment. And he plugs it in and nothing fucking happens. And you are quite devastated for him because you know how much this means to him. You know how much you've seen how much work. Like he's almost he's almost died putting the, these fucking lights up. And <laughs> it doesn't fucking work. And they're like, Did you check this? Did you check that? He's like, Yeah, of course I fucking checked it. Like everything's plugged in, everything's fine. And you just you just feel bad for him. Like, I don't know about you. Did you feel I felt bad for him? Did you feel bad when the lights didn't go on? I you know what? I didn't feel bad for him because the one thing I like about the National Lampoon movies, I don't feel bad for Clark most times. What I what what I find most entertaining about these movies is I like watching him fuck up. And the more he fucks up, the better it is when he succeeds and when he gets a monicum of what he was trying to achieve. The one thing that I didn't like in this film, uh, in you know, in the scene when he calls everybody out to to you know to finally try and turn on the Christmas lights so everybody can see what he's done. I don't like the fact that his family is so fucking judgmental. I'm like, good God, this this guy almost fucking died just trying to put, you know, lights on his house so you guys could, you know, enjoy, you know, so you guys can watch it. The house looks all pretty and you fu- and you guys are fucking shitting on him? Like, what's wrong with you guys? Yeah, and that's kind of why you feel sorry for him too because he's the only one that's like really positive and happy about Christmas. And I think he does, on a deeper level, like I think he does see that his family are not enjoying it, but he just chooses, he's just like, I'm just going to ignore it and I'm just going to be happy. And yeah, but his family, oh, it's cold out here, or oh, hurry up, or, you know, you didn't do this, you didn't like, yeah, it's pretty fucking fucked. Anyway, um, so the next scene, Clark gets up in the morning and he goes to the attic. So he pulls down the attic door. And like the ladder thing comes down and he climbs up and his, I don't think it's his mom. I think it's Ellen's mom or I don't know, one of them come up and they're like, oh, the attic ladder's down. So she pushes it up, which is the, probably the only time in the movie where I thought, "Mm, would anybody do that? (laughs) Obviously it's down for a reason. Would you yell up? Is anybody up there? I I really don't understand why there isn't another lever on the inside of the door. So even if the even if the ladder gets pulled up, you can open it from from the from the inside of the attic. But the other thing is that I'm like, why why did Clark not yell? Like I don't understand that. And he did yell, and I do agree with oh, he did? yeah. Okay. So I do, I do agree with you. I was wondering why there wasn't like a latch it um on the inside to to push it down, which I think I don't I don't look I don't know if they actually do have like latches on the inside, um, but I, I would assume that they would have to just like for safety reasons. But he did yell out, but they didn't hear him because they were all outside um, getting into the car. Okay. Um, and he put he pops his head out the window and he does yell at them. He's like, Ellen, but they're already in the car like driving right. off. 
Right. No, but I'm but 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 I'm not talking about that sequence, which is a couple minutes later. What I'm talking about is when is when his mother's mother was closing the ladder in the first place. Oh yeah, he does bang on the door, but he doesn't yell at oh, that point because he tries to push the door right, down. Right. Uh, but maybe like right. they're all old, maybe they just didn't hear him do it. But yeah, he doesn't yell at that point. So anyway, he's in the attic. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can we just can we just talk about the sleeping arrangements that the Griswold kids <laughs> have to go through? Because <laughs> that's fucked. That's so fucked. <laughs> I mean, this is. This is so fucked. I just don't understand. They live in a massive fucking house. Like the house from the outside is fucking, it would have at least like four or five bedrooms. So why they have to like bunk with each other is fucking beyond me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, because you have Rusty with a sister, which is, you know. Well, yeah, but I've slept in the same bed as my brother. I mean, it's not ew. It's not that ew. No, yeah, no, but you know, but you know, but their their reactions are just funny, and then, and then you see some other family members in two bunk beds, and you see like uh, I think it's one of the old family members uh, uh, staring at like a like a like a poster of like an old actress or something, like a sexy girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I mean, it's not ill, but it's it's still kind of uncomfortable. And you're right, the house is big enough. Why didn't some of them? Why didn't the kids? Like stay on the couch downstairs. I don't. Well, why didn't the kids just stay in their room? And there must be like, it's like they're saying there's only like two bedrooms in the house or three bedrooms. When no fucking way, like that house would have so many fucking bedrooms. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, but it's like the comedy thing, you know? They fucking had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Clark's trapped in the attic. Everybody's left. Um, and then like, it's freezing. He's in his pajamas. It's snowing outside. So he finds a suitcase basically full of like women's clothing, which I find really funny. So he's got these pink gloves on. He's got this like fur jacket on. And then he puts this, um, it's like a cap thing on that like old actresses used to wear, which I thought was quite funny. And then he finds a suitcase, um, with, uh, film in it, like old film reels. Yeah, yeah, super. Yeah, he, he was looking at. Uh, I think he was looking at Super Eight film, actually. Yeah, so he puts it on a reel, um, on a projector, and he watches it. And I really like this scene because it's him when he was a boy, and it shows why he likes Christmas so much. So there's a little bit of backstory within the movie um, that I don't. That's. I mean, it could have been exposition, but I like how John wrote it. It's just, you know, and you could see like tears in his eyes of how happy he was. And he wants that. And you can see instantly that's why he's trying so hard. He wants that feeling back and he wants to be ev- make everything perfect like it was in his childhood. So I really, really like yeah. that scene. Yeah, but here's the thing. Look, Christmas is a look. And, and this is going to be a little contrary because I. Wait, wait, is this from. Wait, wait, is this going to be from Clark's point of view or is this going to be from your negative Nancy point of view? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is actually going to be from both both my view and Clark's okay, view. The, okay. the thing is, the thing is, Christmas is a wonderful time, okay? But when you're a kid, you don't understand what it takes to put on a magical show for your family to make Christmas all magical, True. right? True. So when you so when you become an adult, this is what happens. When you become an adult, you realize that there is no magic without you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, and sometimes depending on your financial situation, it's really hard to put on that magic. So that's when you get like me. That's when you get like fuck Christmas. Fuck my account. I don't have any money to make my family 
give my family gifts. I don't have I don't have any money to do fucking anything. But the true meaning of Christmas is not to give gifts to people. The true meaning of Christmas, God damn it, I sound like a Hallmark right now. <laughs> The true true meaning of Christmas is not presents. It's love, acceptance. (laughs) Just excuse me while I puke. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. But seriously, but seriously, the true meaning of Christmas, according to Tiny Tim, is is to is to spend time with your family and and to be grateful for what you have, Mm. and that's it. So, uh, well, bring it bring it all around. I like you. I really like the fact that Clark had that moment, and we got a we got a better understanding of why he wants his why he wants this Christmas to be so special, because that's what he had when he was a kid. But the thing that we didn't see is how hard his family, what his family went through to make those Christmases so special for him. Yeah. So it's but, but, but yeah, what I'm trying to say here, guys, is. The Christmas magic comes at a cost. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Yeah. Which is what we're going to see. (laughs) Right, right. right. (laughs) Because it does come at a cost. And and I think by the end of the movie, Clark does realize that he's trying so hard and he doesn't really need to try as hard as he's he's trying. No, 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 he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He, he, I mean, I mean, he should just appreciate that he has, all that he has, he has two beautiful kids. Mm. His wife is goddamn beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has, you know, an annoying but loving family. So he he should just appreciate that. But he it, it doesn't take it takes him forever to realize that. Yeah, he does. I mean, he does realize it in the end. And also in the movie, you see him. There's like scenes where he's at work and um, you know, with his boss. His boss is his boss. Reminds me of Mr. Spacely from Jetsons, to be honest. Um, but you know, his boss is a bit of a dick, and Clark is waiting for his bonus to come in because he wants to put a pool in the backyard. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because that's going to kind of come around um, later on in the movie. Uh, but anyway, Clark's still stuck in the attic, and the family come home. And I thought this was quite weird, Ellen goes to go in the attic and she pulls down the attic door and Clark's sitting on it and then he falls through and I found and I was like why would you be sitting on the attic door like the whole you got the whole attic and you're sitting on the door I thought that that was a bit like of all the of all the situations that uh John puts Clark in this movie that it that is the most dumbest situation because you're right he's got the whole fucking attic to himself and he sits on the fucking door. The other thing that pissed me off about uh, the the other thing that pissed me off about the scenes in the attic, right? When he goes up there initially to to put some presents up there, for some reason he puts a couple presents in between the like the like the crawl spaces, and I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? Why don't you just put them, keep them in the bag? And don't put fucking presents in between the crawl spaces in your goddamn attic. Yeah. But if he didn't do that, he would. But if he didn't do that, he wouldn't have found the Super 8 film. 
Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So there was a point. So the next scene, I love the next scene. I wrote down so many notes because I did not want to forget like anything about the next scene. So Clark tries again to make the light. He's fucking determined to make these fucking lights work because he's <laughs> like he just spent so long doing it. And he's like, like I would be, I would, I'm, I agree with him. Like if I spent so long trying to do something and it didn't work, I would fucking die trying to make it work. So and you really want it to work for him because they're 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 just lights, but to him it's Christmas. And if you don't have the lights working, it's not fucking Christmas. So he's checking around the back. He's checking, like, what the fuck is the problem? And then you see a scene of his mum go into the, the garage and she flicks on the, the, the light switch. And just at the same time as Clark is, like, pressing, like, the button to, like, make the lights go and the lights go on. And you're like, oh, it's the switch in the that the switch is off. That's that's the problem. But when she flicks the switch mm. on, you get this shot uh, next to the switch. There's so <laughs> many like power boards clicked into other power boards, clicked into other power boards. Like you just know that that. I mean, it's just it just looks like such a fucking hazard. Like it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? I what did I say? I know it's horrible. So anyway, he's like he's like everything lights up. And when it lights up, um, the next door neighbors are like having a really nice meal and this like beam of golden light bursts into their window, like blinds them. <laughs> Everything he does affects them. And they're like, what the fuck is that? It looks like fucking Jesus has come down and like his light is like beaming into their fucking window. And it's so fucking funny. <laughs> And they just, they don't know what it is because it's during the day. I think it's during the day. And like, they don't know what the fuck is going on. And so, and so anyway, he's like, he's like, come out, come out, come out. Like the lights are on, the lights are on. And he's screaming at everyone. And so everyone goes to come out of the house. Um, Oh no, no, sorry. This is, this is, this is the scene after. So he, he doesn't realize that the lights are on because he's around the back. That's right. He's around the back. And so when his mum flicks the switch, she flicks it off because she's left the, the garage and the light switch off and he doesn't, he doesn't realize it at that point. But then, um, Ellen goes into the basement and switches it on when he's outside and he sees the lights come on and he thinks it's something he's done. And then he screams at everyone to come outside. And as soon as everybody comes outside, Ellen turns the switch off cause she's left the basement and he looks like a dick. <laughs> he looks like a fucking dick because he's like, no, the lights were on. And they're like, yeah, sure they were. And like, you just, I don't know. You just feel so fucking bad for him. And then, you know, at, yeah, you know, um, at this point he looks like he, he not only looks like a, a dick, but at this point he looks like the, the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. It's like, because, because countless times he's, he's, you know, told people, mm. look guys, I got these lights, you know, and people would come out. They don't work. So Yeah. He just he, yeah. he just can't get these fucking lights to work. And this is the first time in the film where he actually has a physical fit. He starts yelling. Yeah, yeah, he starts, starts fucking. He starts like bashing up. There's like this like Santa with his reindeers like props in his front yard. He starts kicking it. it and bashing it. And fun fact, not a part of my trivia, but fun fact, um, in the first part of that, he actually hit the Santa. And when he hit the Santa, he actually broke his pinky, which is why he starts kicking it. And they just kept it in. So in that scene, he actually broke his pinky when he punched the thing. So he starts having a fit. And then Ellen has this like, huh. 
And then she walks back into the basement. She goes, I wonder if that's what it is. And so she switched it and the lights come back on. Why did Ellen wait so long to turn her lights back on? Like, like, why was she, why was she standing there sort of, sort of, you know, molding the decision to turn the lights back on so everybody could see the wonderful work that Clark has, had done. Like, why did she take so long? She didn't realize. She didn't realize oh. that, that 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 was what it was because she walked into the basement, flicked it on, got something out, not the basement, the garage, and then walked out and flicked the, it off. The garage. And then she goes, mm-hmm. huh, I wonder if that's the problem. Like, you can see it on her face and then she switches it on. She goes, oh, I think that's the problem. Um, and then, yeah, she didn't realize before. Okay, um, okay. And meanwhile, the neighbors are fucking pissed off, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Not you know you know not to mention not to mention that one of them falls down the fucking stairs. Oh, that's right, because they can't see. <laughs> and they trip down the stairs. Yeah, I think it's a it's Julia Louis Dreyfus. She trips down the stairs, which is quite funny. Um. So anyway, they're looking at these lights, and Clark's like, "Yes, finally." He doesn't realize that like Ellen. Like, he thinks it's him, right? Every time he succeeds, it's usually Ellen that's done it, but he thinks it's him. Literally in every movie, she's the one that saves him, and he's always like, oh, I told you I could do it. But anyway, he's standing there looking at the lights, and then the camera pulls back, and you see literally the worst person, Eddie. And Eddie is from oh Vacation, and he's played by Randy Quaid, and he's literally the worst family oh member you could think of. And then Clark turns to him, and he's, like, shocked. Like, what the hell? Eddie's, Eddie shows up with his trailer and his family, and you're just like, okay, this is going to be a party now. And his fucking old disgusting trailer is parked in the driveway, and Clark didn't <laughs> invite him. He just fucking get. Listen, Eddie is one of those family members that just – shows up, is not invited, does what it like, just has no social etiquette at all. Um, not on purpose. Like they're not they're not assholes. They're not manipulative. They no. just they're just stupid. They just don't they don't no. realize they don't they don't understand social cues. They don't understand when they're not wanted. They don't understand when to leave. And they don't understand that not inviting you means that like, you know, he's just like, oh, must have gotten lost in the mail. Like he's just fucking stupid. I fucking hate his character. No, here's the <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Here's the thing. First of all, let me let me just say something. I fucking hate this man with <laughs> with, with the power mm. of a thousand suns. I, I want to just oh, but like Dean said, in every family, there's always one family member that nobody wants to see on any family occasions. And if they come, you know what we you know you know what we do with those people. We we receive them warmly. We give them food, and then we lock them in the part of a house that where, where where they can't where they can't cause any damage. Like if you have a if you have like a sports basement, put them in there, close the door, and keep going on with your party. Yeah, I mean, you know what? What I would do, I would just not invite them. Like, it's like, like honestly, if I had a family member, which I don't, thank God, that was like that and was like nobody wanted them around like you know what i mean like i wouldn't tolerate it i would right. just i would just right. be like mm, like no you can't but you know that's me <laughs> i just tell people i'm yeah, like you're you. not gonna fuck up my christmas yeah. i don't care if you're family or not you are not coming mm. but yeah that's just me so anyway eddie's there so you know she's about to hit the fan um this is another scene i thought was hilarious so clark it's at night and everybody's gone to bed and clark's standing at the window and he's looking at his backyard and he's fantasizing about having a pool and his family's there he's looking out at his family swimming in the pool and then he sees eddie and he's like leopard print fucking underwear and he's like oh god <laughs> like because eddie's in his head because eddie's there and you're just like oh my god 
Um, and then suddenly his family's gone, replaced by the girl from the department store <laughs> in a swimsuit, standing on the the um, the diving board. And he's like, oh, and again, turns into a 15-year-old boy that's never seen a woman in his life. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like looking at her and she's looking at him and he's like pointing at him like me, you, you looking at me. <laughs> I think that scene is so funny. And then she starts taking off her swimsuit and he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Again, like a 15-year-old boy that's never seen a naked chick. Um, And, I mean, I just thought that scene was so funny because it's like it went from his family to Eddie to this, like, department store, (laughs) department store chick. (laughs) And, again, I was just like, I don't know. It's kind of – look, I liked that scene because it was a homage to the first movie with – um. I think it was With, uh, Christy Turlington. Is that the one uh, in the car, the model, Christy Turlington? Yeah, uh, yes, I think that's it. But yeah, what wasn't? I mean, I mean, this has wasn't actually she married to Billy Joel at the point at that point. I want to say yes. I, I'm not I, sure, but I want to say I yes. I think she was. But that you know, you know, you know, that scene is great too because look, you know, even even if we're married, when well, this is going to sound horrible. I don't know what I'm. Oh, <laughs> please, mar- please go on. Please say. I know what you're going to say. Please, please, please dig yourself a hole. <laughs> please do it. What? Even if you're uh, married, you can still fantasize about other people, but it's wait, okay because you're not wait. touching anything. Is that what you're going to say? Uh, uh, all right, but here, <laughs> look. I'm going to look, 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 look. No, no, go on. Go I, on. I'm going to dig. I, I'm going to dig myself a hole, but you have to pull me out. Yeah. I might. <laughs> go say it. Say it. What are you going to say? <laughs> All right, so even if you're married and you have the most sexiest, you know, partner or wife out there, right? There's still this thing. There's still this unwritten rule. Here's why I sound like a sexist dick. There's still this unwritten rule where you can watch and you can admire other women. You just can't touch other women. Definitely, you can. You can acknowledge a beautiful woman or a beautiful man, which whatever, like you can acknowledge that. Of course, of course there's people in relationships and they probably watch movies and the wife is probably like, Oh my God, Brad Pitt. Oh, he's so hot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course you can do that. Yeah. Married couples do that. It's no yeah. problem, but it's when mm-hmm. the issue stems from, it's when you start to fantasize about them, like the department girl store, I would have a problem. Like if he was like right. fantasizing about her undressing, you know, that's a, that's an issue. There's a scene right after this where he's doing the little fantasy thing and um, Eddie's daughter, who's really, really cute, she's like four or five years old, she comes out and she's the only one awake and, and he, um, her and Clark have a really, really sweet conversation because she's like, I don't think Santa's coming. And he's like, no, don't worry. Like he's assuring her Santa's going to come because she's never gotten presents before because she's poor. And he's like, no, you're going to get presents. Don't like, it's, it's okay. And I love that. It's a short scene, but I like that scene because it shows Clark is really sweet. Like it literally goes from him fantasizing about like a naked chick to him reassuring a five-year-old that don't worry, Santa will come. You will have a good Christmas. And I really, really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, I think you know, you know, I think that scene really shows the difference the differences between Clark Griswold and Peter Griffin because look, Peter Griffin is almost a carbon copy of Clark Griswold, but Peter Griffin wouldn't have wouldn't sat down wouldn't have sat down with that child and reassured that child that Christmas is still coming and that that scene also services as a explanation as to why Eddie came to Clark's house in the first place because they are financially in ruins right now. 
and they need some help financially. Mm. So, so, so mm. that, so that, so that explains why Eddie's family is there in the first place. Yes. Yes. So, so in my, so in my mind, look, we haven't really talked about, we haven't really talked about the, the, the way that this film is written, but in that, in, in that particular scene, John Hughes did a really good job of giving us a physical reason for Eddie being there and a reason that makes sense above all. And I, um, I, you know, you know, I love it when she says, when the little girl says, it's really nice to be in a, to be in a house and to be able to go to the bathroom without having to go outside. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you just like, like, Oh I was like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the next scene is quite funny in a weird, disgusting way. So Clark goes outside the front of his house and there's Eddie emptying um, his trailer shit. And he's like, I'm emptying the shitter. (laughs) And it's like, oh, my God, could this guy be any more disgusting? And he's wearing, like, a a really short robe, like, that just covers his, like, nuts. Clark says, "Um, it's a storm sore. If it fills with gas, I pity the man who lights a match within 10 yards of it. That comes back later, which is why I'm mentioning it. So anyway, that scene's fucking disgusting. And then the neighbors come out and they see this guy emptying it, and he's like, "Hey, how are you?" And then like they go back in the house. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't want to see this guy doing it. Poor neighbors. <laughs> I'm yeah. I mean, I mean, again, I understand that there are people like this, but what in the what in the I think he's. I think it's his- an extreme version. I don't think someone would actually do that in the middle of the street wearing what he was wearing. I think he's just an extreme version of that. Um, no, and they also, they also. I mean, I mean, the other thing that John Hughes does to sort of justify to sort of justify his behavior to a point. When I mean, this is not a scene that Dina has talked about yet, but we'll get there and she'll go over it again. But. There's a scene when Clark and Eddie are walking through the supermarket and Eddie says that uh, because uh, because of a uh, accident when he was in the service, they put a me- they put a metal plate in his head. Right. To cover up like the side of a to, to, to cover up a traumatic brain injury. And because of another incident, he had to go back to the VA and get that plate replaced with a plastic plate. So. His behavior is explainable when you think about it, because maybe when he was in the service, maybe, you know, he got, you know, his brain got scrambled a bit, uh, a little bit. So maybe that explains his behavior. But I thought that John Hughes uh, 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 really did a good job of trying to explain Eddie's idiotic behavior do you think that he was trying to do that or do you think he was just yeah i think he was trying to explain uh, why he is the way that he is because there's no way he would have been in the service acting like he acts i think something would have happened um obviously because he says he's got a plate in his head so obviously he's he's sustained some sort of brain damage and that's why he is the way that he is so yeah i think that that was explained to me it was very very clear right 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 so um Moving on, uh, Clark, so Clark's uncle, the guy with the toupee, and his auntie, the 80-year-old woman who's kind of senile, um, she gives him, she gives Clark, like, the, a Christmas present. Oh, no, she gives Rusty a Christmas present, and Rusty goes up to Clark and goes, uh, this, this box is meowing. 
<laughs> and Clark's like, what? <laughs> I always find this so funny. Um, and he goes, yeah, and so he he gives it to Clark and then the box starts to move rapidly and it meowing. You're like, oh, my God. And, Clark, and Clark's like, oh, she wrapped her cat. Because <laughs> she's like, fucking got dementia and senile. She wrapped her cat, um, which is obviously not funny, but the way that it's done, like, I don't know. They've obviously put something in the box to make it move. The way that the box moves and Clark just, like, holds it still because, like, <laughs> I just find that scene really funny. And it and it shows. I like that scene because it's funny, but it shows how senile his aunt is. And that comes into play later because I think that she's such a fucking funny character. She just does the most random shit. So after that scene, they're sitting around the table and I just burst out laughing at this. So Clark um, wants uh, to to say Grace. Grace, yeah. But he wants to say grace. And he asks his aunt, he goes, will you say grace? Um, you know, all, this, all the families around the table, he goes, will you say grace? And she doesn't know what's going on, right? She's like, oh, yeah, cow say grace. Everybody kind of closes their eyes and puts their hands together. And then she starts reciting the American Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and, I, and I piss myself laughing. And everybody's looking at her like, but nobody interjects. Nobody says anything. They just let her do the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, no. And it's hilarious. I mean, that's the really, that's the really ironic sort of funny thing about this movie, right? Clark, I mean, um, Clark, when, when Clark does all his hilarious antics throughout the course of the movie, nobody fucking steps in. And I mean, I mean, they make fun of him, they complain, but nobody calls him out on his behavior. The only one that sort of does that is Helen towards the end of the movie. But it is funny that nobody calls out other characters when they do insanely stupid things in this movie, which, yeah. which, which, which kind of makes it work. And also going back to that, going back to that scene when Clark asks his, uh, ask his family member to say grace, what we you know, you know, um, as everybody is sort of putting their hands together and letting, his family member say what she wants. Eddie's the only one that stands up. And I really like that because it would make sense for him to stand up during the Pledge of the Allegiance because he was in the service. Oh, see, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, it's an American thing. I didn't catch that. I didn't know you're supposed to like stand yeah. up during it. <laughs> so it's a yeah, good yeah, thing yeah, you yeah, caught yeah, that because I didn't realize that. But that's, that's, that's yeah, quite good. Yeah. yeah. If you're in the American service, uh, first of all, you, first of all, if you serve, like the American military or whatever, you have you have pride for your country. So anytime that the Pledge of Allegiance stands up, you stand up first. Right. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, that scene's fucking, I just burst out laughing when she started doing the Pledge of Allegiance. I was like, oh my, and nobody says anything. I'm like, oh, God bless them for not saying anything because like she doesn't know any better. They know. They just let her do it. Um, and then he's like, cool, this turkey looks really nice. He goes to cut the turkey and, um, you know, Eddie's wife made the turkey and he cuts it. And it just like bursts, like it's so dry that all the meat is like gone and it's just like a shell inside and then this like like <laughs> like this puff of like dryness puffs out of it and it just looks fucking gross and he's like and all Clark's got a smile on his face no it's great we'll make it work <laughs> like he's just he's just like he does not want anything to ruin it um so the turkey is dry and he's trying to eat it and then you know he he's eating 
um, his aunt, the one that just the the senile one, the Pledge of Allegiance aunt, he's eating her um, like Jello, and he's she's baked like kibble, like cat kibble into it, and he's like oh, eating it. Oh my god, that was god. so fucking gross! And you're like, oh, and then. You hear this like yakking sound, and Eddie's like, "That's all right. That's the dog under the table spewing up." And Clark's like, oh, "Okay, cool." And he's still got a smile on his face. He's like, "This isn't gonna fuck up my Christmas." And then, you go, and then you see a shot of the cat like chewing on the electrical cord in the lounge room because they've let the cat out of the. Pre- and so you're just like, "Oh, this is not gonna like. This is yeah. It's not gonna. This is not gonna end well." <laughs> no, it's not. It's like yeah. It's just not. And then. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, guys. And then the light, and then the lights on the tree <laughs> turn off, and he's like, "What?" So he gets up, and then he turns them on, uh, and, and as he turns them on, it electrocutes the cat, and the cat turns into like a cinder block <laughs> under the yes. under the couch. <laughs> I mean, look, that's not funny, but it's kind of funny. Well, to, I mean, you don't to see me it's funny it because I fucking hate cats. I know you don't like animals. Um, so. Anyway, um, the next scene, um, he's outside, Clark's outside, and he smells like gas, which is kind of, oh, no, no, he's inside. And then his uncle, um, after the tree's been, like, blown up, it's, like, just like a shell of itself, his uncle, like, lights up a cigar, and Clark's like, is that gas? And so as soon as he lights up the cigar, um, you know, everything kind of, cinders to nothing there's like every like yeah it's just like a huge thing but um nobody kind of cares i don't know it's like it's so weird because if that happens if there was like a mini explosion in the house you'd you'd think that people would like care but i just felt like again it's a comedy but no nobody really cares but clark because it fucks it's fucking up his every little thing that happens is pushing him more and more over the edge <laughs> and this is what is yeah, pushing I, him really to the fucking edge of like i'm trying to make this a good christmas you are not making it easy for me yeah i think you know what i think everybody around him realizes how how hard he's trying and they don't want to get in his way because if they get in his way i think they might be thinking you know, he might get worse and he might start to fuck up even more. So we're just going to sit back and sort of watch him fuck up. I think nobody says anything because nobody wants to get in Clark's way and nobody wants to endure the wrath of Clark. And that's why I don't think they say anything about the Christmas tree. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Um, So just then there's a knock at the door and Clark's been waiting for his big bonus to come in so he can put in the pool. There's a knock at the door and there's a, sorry, there's a delivery guy and he hands him a letter and he thinks it's his bonus check. It's, it's just a, just like, it's just a letter and Clark, I, and you know, it's not right. But Clark's like, Oh, you know, in front of the whole family, this is it. You know, I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm going to put in a pool. And you're just like, Oh my God. Like, even if you haven't seen the movie, you know, it's not going to be what he thinks it is. And he's like, not to mention, "Mm." not to mention that he put, he already put a down payment on the pool. Yes. So if he doesn't get the check, he's fucked. Yes, exactly. And so he's like, Oh, I'm going to fly all you out here for the opening of the pool. And everyone's like, Oh my God. And Ellen's hugging him and everybody's happy and you know, it's not going to last long. And then he opens it and you don't see what it is, but you see his face and his face says it all. And he starts doing this like psychopathic laugh. And you're like, oh, it's not, it's like not good. <laughs> like, it's the, And this is when he kind of falls off the edge of the cliff because like everything has aligned, everything has gone wrong. 
um, in alignment. Um, and he's just like, no, I'm just not doing this. And you find out it's a one year membership to jelly of the month club. We don't know what that is, but we assume like, it's not great. (laughs) Um, and yeah, this is the first time in the film he actually fucking loses it. And he's talking about his (laughs) boss and he says, I want my boss tied up with a red ribbon, red ribbon on him. And, you know, I want to, you know, I want to mess him up and all that shit. Like I, I'm owed this bonus and blah, 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 and all this stuff. So his trees are cinder block. So he goes outside and he cuts down another tree. He's determined to have a fucking tree. He's like, all right, well, I'm just going to get it. So he just picks a tree from outside and then he brings it in. He puts it up and then everybody starts hearing noises. They're like, can you hear that noise? Like a scratching noise. And then Clark looks at the tree and then like a squirrel jumps out. I find this quite funny. Um, a squirrel jumps out and they all freak out and it's they're yeah, running around funny. everywhere. But like squirrels are so cute. Like, listen, to all the American people out there, Google possum, okay? If a possum was in your house, like that's fucked. But like a squirrel is tiny, it's small, like it doesn't attack you. Just open the door and like he'll go out. Like I don't know what the issue was there. No, here's the well. Well, I want to I want to backtrack just a little bit because after Clark has that tremendous epic meltdown, mm. uh, he actually goes to well, you don't see this, but he comes out of the garage with a Friday the Thirteenth mask and a fucking chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it is such a nice little nod to film to to to, to fans of this franchise who like horror because the minute you see him, you're like, oh, he's you know, you know, for the Friday the 13th guy or Leatherface. So it's such a nice Wait, wait, I, I wait, stop. He's the Friday the 13th guy or Le- or Leatherface? What's the Friday the 13th guy's name? What's his name? That's uh, Jason Voorhees. Ah, that just came to you, no, huh? No, wait a minute. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Wait a second. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, my God. See, well, okay, 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 okay. See, guys, this is why I can't say anything, because if I say something wrong, look, I'm going to keep this in, because fuck it. If I say anything wrong, my lovely sister from another universe here, Dean, I love you very much, will call me on it 110% of the time. And that's why I love her, but that's why I'm very, very careful about what I say sometimes. If you're going to bring up something in the horror era, you better make sure... That you're gonna get it oh. right, especially like Leatherface. Like he doesn't Leatherface. Come on, no, he doesn't look like Leatherface. I, but he's got the yeah. chainsaw. Is yeah. that what you mean? Because he's got the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's got I, the I, hockey was, mask and the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. I was trying. To, I, I was trying to make a comparison that didn't really work. No, it did work because that's true. It was a mix. Yeah, yeah. It's a mix, but I do want to. I, I do agree with you on the point of. Um, them freaking out because a squirrel came out of the tree that Clark just cut down outside. Mm. That is the only thing in the movie that didn't work for me because that was like so outlandish yeah. that I'm like, guys, you guys are freaking out about a fucking squirrel. I was, I, you know, just, uh, just two nights ago while I was editing one of our episodes, there was a fucking spider in my room while I was editing going, you know, you, you, you know, you know, prancing across the, uh, you know, Pressing across the different walls in my room, and I was freaking the fuck out. Did you get? And did you get way, it? No. <laughs> by the way, I still haven't got. Uh, by the way, I still haven't got that fucker because I said if that fucker comes near me, I'm going to take my shoe and knock the fuck. You, you're knock sleeping that in a room butt. with the spider. You're crazy. 
Yeah, by the way, that spider may have gone into my ear and may be laying eggs in my brain. One can hope. As I speak. One can only hope. <laughs> Aw, thank you. It's nice to know that you really care. I know, isn't it? Isn't it? So, yeah, moving yeah. along in the story, yeah, the squirrel thing. Um, so, we cut to the next door neighbors, and the next door neighbors are like pissed, right? And they're like, you know what? I'm, we're going to confront him. And Julie Louis Dreyfus goes, go over and like punch him. And her husband's like, I'm not, I can't just like punch someone. She's like, fuck it, I'll do it. And I'm like, yeah, you fucking go, girl. You fucking do it, right? So she fucking marches over to the Griswold's house. She fucking bangs on the door. She's pissed because everything is fucking going wrong for them because of him. And Clark opens the door. The squirrel jumps out on to Julia Louis Dreyfus, and then the dog, which is Eddie's fucking Rottweiler dog, jumps out onto Louis Louis Julia Louis Dreyfus and bowls her over. And Clark sees this. He closes the door and he's like, "Gone." <laughs> like he doesn't even care. He does not even care. He just like he like his mental space right now is just like I don't care. The squirrel's out, the tree's in, I don't care. And now this is my fa- this is one of my favorite bits. This is one of my absolute favorite bits is when Clark fucking has a mental fucking breakdown. Everything has been leading up to this and he goes fucking insane. And I wrote down some of his dialogue because I thought the dialogue that John Hughes wrote was so fucking funny because, you know, everybody tries to leave. Ellen's like, oh, you know, they want to leave. Everyone wants to leave. And this is Christmas Eve. And he's just like, nobody's fucking leaving. Like nobody's (laughs) fucking going to leave. Like he's basically standing in front of the door saying no. Like, you're not going. And then he says, he said, when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. <laughs> like, you just, like, he's just, like, fucking absolutely lost it. Like, absolutely. He's just, he's just, he's just fucking gone. You think? And then Ellen's like, I think it's best if everyone goes home before things get worse. And he's like, worse? How can they get any worse? Take a look around, Helen. We're at the threshold of hell. (laughs) 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 Fucking so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just his mental breakdown is, like, worth, like, the entire movie. It's worth the entire movie because it's just fucking hilarious. Like, you know it was coming because he was trying so hard to hold everything together and he just fucking couldn't do it. Like, there just came a point where he just, I fucking can't do this anymore. No, I mean, you know, and, uh, you know, to John Hughes' credit, who died way too young, he died of a undiagnosed heart murmur, which is ridiculous to me. Mm. Um, But, yeah, to John Hughes' credit, the way that he wrote this movie – Made so much sense because everything that happened to poor, to poor uh, Clark led up to this breakdown. So we haven't really talked about you know screenwriting uh, that much in this episode. But that's one. Uh, but the one thing that John Hughes did wonderfully is that he kept he kept making it worse and worse and worse and worse for Clark. That he that he took all these these issues. And then he let Clark as a character release his anger. And if you are going to write that type of a movie, and if you want your character to have a moment where he lets everything out, you have to hint at it earlier in the film. And John Hughes went above and beyond that. And that scene where Clark just says, nobody's going anywhere until fucking Santa comes here. We're going to be the happiest bunch of people this size of, you know, who knows wherever, that was such good planning, 
writing and execution by John Hughes. Yeah, it was. It was really just just brilliant. Um, so the scene after that, um, he, he has a really nice conversation. See, the thing that John Hughes does really well in writing is that he has a really funny scene and then he offsets it by having a really nice calming scene so it's like a roller coaster ride yeah he's really good at balancing so the next scene he has a conversation with his dad um and he's he's asking him like how did you make christmas like so good like i'm trying so hard and you know his dad's just like you just do it like you just fuck it's you know you just do it and he just wants to emulate the christmas that he had and um he, you can, I mean, at, at that point, if you don't feel sorry for like Clark, like I'm hoping you will then, because he just wants it. He just wants a family Christmas where everybody's happy. That's all he wants. He doesn't want anyone depressed or anything like that. He just wants a happy, happy, positive Christmas. And I think everybody wants that. But, um, he says to his dad, are you going to recite the night before Christmas? And his dad says, no, it's your house. I think, I think I'm going to hand it over to you. And then that was a great scene, by the way. It was great. And, um, so the next scene, the family are all listening to Clark reciting the night before Christmas. And it's a really, really nice moment because everybody's just sitting there and it's, it's what Clark wanted. Just the family sitting around embracing Christmas, um, it's it, it's really, really nice until Eddie – we realize Eddie's not there. And you're like, oh, where the fuck is he? And then he shows up with Clark's boss who didn't give him the bonus. And he shows oh up God. with him tied up with a red bow just like Clark wanted <laughs> before. <laughs> and they march into the house and Clark is like basically what the fuck – like what is happening? Why do you have my boss? And – he and his boss is like, you're fired and blah, 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 blah. And Clark is like, you know what? I don't care because I'm pissed off about the bonus. This is the first time I was counting on it. My family was counting on it. I was going to put a pool in and you give me a one-year membership to like who fucking knows what. And the boss kind of looks at his family and his family's like basically dead staring the boss. Um, and he's like, you know what? I'll give you your bonus and I'll add like an extra 20% on it, which would never happen. But it's a nice, it's a nice moment. Like you can see the boss going, Oh, I've really like fucked over families. Like maybe I shouldn't do that. So I I thought that that was a nice moment. It would never happen, but it's nice. No, it's a, you know, you're right in real life. That would never happen because in real life, uh, people at that level don't give a, don't give, don't give a, don't give two fucks about their employees, but it's a really nice, film moment by john hughes and you're right you know after all the craziness that john hughes put poor clark through it was really nice for that for him to balance out all the craziness with this one good scene where clark finally gets to have the type of christmas that he was trying to emulate the whole goddamn time throughout the entire course of this film yeah um the so the boss's wife in a previous scene had called the cops saying he's been kidnapped this is where i think he is um and so this is like the biggest overreaction of a police force i've ever seen in a fucking movie so like 10 cop cars show up on clark's lawn there's a swat team on the on the fucking roof of his house they jump in through the windows they come down through ropes and you're like what the fuck is happening and then the wife gets out of the cop car and they're just surrounded by like fucking 10, 15, 20 cops. <laughs> and it's like there's um 
they're like, they bust in the house. They're like, freeze. And it's quite funny because if you notice the position that Ellen is frozen in, did you see, did you notice that? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. So when they yell freeze, um, Clark has his hands up and Ellen is standing next to him cupping his balls. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. She's got his hand like firmly on his crotch. Like you could see she's handling it and that's, that's how she yeah. froze. And I found that okay. so far, if anybody hasn't seen that, I reckon go back and watch that because she, she freezes in that position for a while. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so anyway, um, the boss says, you know, this was a big misunderstanding and the cops are like, oh, you know, okay, okay. Um, and so that scene kind of, that's that's kind of the end of that scene. And then the next scene, they're all standing outside looking up and Clark sees a star in the sky and he says it's the Christmas star and he starts telling a really nice story about everybody has their own story about the Christmas star and he gets all emotional until the uncle says it's the light at the sewerage treatment plant, <laughs> which is quite funny. And Clark's <laughs> like, oh. It's not the Christmas, the Christmas light. And then the uncle mm. drops a match um, uh, after lighting a cigar and there's like a huge explosion because of the sore gas because of the reference he made before about um, Eddie putting, putting you know, his basically shit into the sewer. Mm. So there's another big explosion um, for that. Um, and then his aunt, the 80-year-old aunt, just randomly comes out of the house and starts singing the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> like, randomly. <laughs> like, it makes no wow. sense. Like, she just comes out and starts no, singing no. the fucking US um, national anthem, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Mm. Like, it fucking just comes out of nowhere. Um so uh the next scene which is uh pretty much the last scene everybody's in the house dancing they're having a good time they're having a good christmas everybody's got good vibes and clark um is outside and he looks up at the stars and the sky and he says i did it and then the movie ends and i think it's a really beautiful way to end that movie like he, he he got it finally after everything he's been through he fucking got it he got his family to be positive and happy about christmas everything is working for him and i thought it was a really great way it was a really nice way to 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 finish the movie yeah he just had to like go through hell to achieve everything yeah. which is which is ironic but you know what uh it really makes a lot of sense because anything worked anything worth doing in life requires a little bit of sacrifice and if you don't go through hell trying to achieve something mm. then once you achieve it you, it feels like you haven't really done anything but if yeah. you go through hell trying to achieve something and then it works mm. it's the best feeling in the world yeah but before we uh before we uh, wrap up for you know before we wrap up this special episode of the mixtape podcast i'm going to go a little bit of out i'm going to i'm going to go a little bit outside of what we normally talk about on this show i just want to ask you dean what's the best christmas present that you ever got as, as a child or as an adult uh oh god i don't know oh my god i don't know okay my brain's got to work on like overtime here uh best christmas present i ever got um i don't do you know yours yeah, I do. Tell me and let me think of let me let me go, let me think. Tell me yours. All right. Well, um for for like for like 4 or 5 years, I well I don't I don't know if I've been very very vocal about this on the podcast. Well, I know I have been. But when I was younger and when I had hope and when you know, before before someone sucked it out of me, I was a big I was a big gamer, right? 
And for about four or five years, I I wanted the newest version of PlayStation. And at that point in my family's life, we weren't, I mean, we were, we were well off, but we, you know, my family didn't have, you know, um, you know, you know, uh, the best of funds to give me exactly what I wanted on Christmas. So I remember for about, I remember, um, for about four or five years asking my mother for a PlayStation two, the first year when, when, when the, when the uh, console got released didn't come the next year didn't come the year after that it didn't come and in the final year uh, i remember opening up all my presents feeling so happy with everything that i got my mother got up and she says i think there's one more thing and she walked she walked off she came back with a box and she said here and the box had I believe it was Laura Cra- Laura Croft from Tomb Raider it had Laura Croft wrapping paper, so I'm like, <gasps> holy shit, this is it! So, um, I, I I ripped it open, and there it is. Finally, after four fucking years, wow, my mother, four years, shit. <laughs> yeah, m- m- my mother gave me what I wanted after four goddamn years. And did you love it? So. Yeah, I loved it. I, I fucking loved that thing. I played it. I mean, I mean, look, that that is the last console thing that I ever played. I mean, you know, I mean, that shows you how old I am. And just this little extra thing to give Dean a little more, bit more time here. The other gift, the other best gift that I got was a was a short while ago, uh, because when I got uh, when when I got into podcasting initially, I you know for 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 the first. For the first couple of years or so, I had really shitty headphones, and I didn't have these good quality headphones. Where you know, they, I, I had crappy headphones where they would fall off my head. They, you know, they, they just weren't good. And I was lucky enough to meet this individual, and this angel of an individual uh, bought me for Christmas uh, the most expensive fucking headphones on the market. So those are my two. Uh, uh, best Christmas presents that I've ever gotten: the PlayStation Two and the podcast headphones that a very, very good dear friend of mine gave me a couple years ago. That was me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to take credit. That was that. me. I got to take credit. I got to take credit. Okay, I got it. I got it. Now I, I can't. Now I can't remember if this was a Christmas present, but I do remember it was either Christmas or birthday. So I cannot because it was fucking like twenty. It was fucking ages ago, but I think it slots mm-hmm. in. So. It was when The Craft came out, the one with Nev Campbell, and I was obsessed with that movie. It's still one of my favorite movies now, um, and this is when you could rent VHSs, but you couldn't buy them yet, um, so it was very, very early days, and I remember when The Craft came out in the video store, I rented it so many times, um, I would just watch it like on repeat, on repeat. And I remember, I think it was Christmas or birthday, um, my mum gave me a present and I knew it was, I, I think I knew it was a VHS or maybe she put it in a box and I opened it and it was a copy of the craft on VHS. And I was like, oh my, I was just, like, even thinking about it now, it was the most amazing thing. Now I didn't have to rent it. Now I can just watch it as many times as I want. And 
it was special because of that. But also I said to her, how did you get this? Like you can't, you can't buy them anywhere. And she said, I went to the video store and I begged the guy to order a copy because I knew how much you liked it. And I'm not kidding. I asked her, how much did you pay for it? She said she paid a hundred dollars for one v- wow. that's how much it costs for for them wow. to order the VHS copies um and i was like oh my god so she paid $100 for the craft because i was obsessed with it and that is probably one of the most joyous times <laughs> i mean imagine get, I, I know kids today they don't they don't understand cuz you can just get everything so easily no. but imagine a movie no. coming out that's your favorite that you can't own like you can't own it you just have to you have to rent and it was an overnight so i could only have it for like less than 24 hours and then I had to I had to you know um, give it back but yeah that was it there was that one and another one when I was like uh, 12 or 11 or something my grandma had bought me a Christmas present this was actually a Christmas present and I opened it and it was Back to the Future 2 on VHS and I was like oh my god that's my favorite Back to the Future and I was like oh that's fucking so cool (laughs) so both VHSs weirdly enough but yeah those are my two favorite favorite um Christmas presents ever um I think that'll do it for this very 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 special episode what wait, what about my trivia no oh, <laughs> right. god damn it just over your, your every people. fucking week with this shit no no we're no we're most no, weeks on. most weeks hold. okay better all right so you know what i'm gonna actually i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna lead it in all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend that didn't happen so i'm gonna go no 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 dean no no all right okay all right okay no, no. all right Go on with embrace, your embrace when you fuck up. Embrace it. Embrace it. I always do. I know. I always do, don't I? You yeah. are, well, you're getting better. You are getting better. So Yeah, yeah, because I, I used to be really bad at You used, used to, to be, be like really horrible. Yeah, you used to be horrible at it. But now you're like really, really good actually. Yeah, all right. I'll take that. All right. So the trivia. Um, so the first one, so this movie was made on the $27 million budget, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is huge for a comedy that actually has like no special effects. Like that's a lot of money in comparison. Ghostbusters was made. I think it was made that same year was made on a $30 million budget. And that had a fuckload of like special effects. So yeah, it's $27 million for like Christmas vacation was like fucking huge. Um, I don't know if people know this. But there's actually a sequel to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Not there's not another movie in the franchise like like it's a sequel to a sequel. <laughs> it's called oh, it's, it's called a- Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Oh, that movie is so fucking. Oh, it was released in 2003. I don't want to see it. I've never seen it. Um, obviously, Clark is not in it. It's about Eddie, which is like the fucking worst character in the fucking whole thing. Why would they make a movie oh. based around him? But yeah, people don't know that. Yeah, you can. I assume you can get it somewhere somebody no, and people it. no no and uh and guys i will let dean get back to her trivia in just a minute but if you guys think that we're going to talk about that fucking atrocity on the show you can fucking forget it yeah but uh, on with your trivia dean um when christmas vacation 2 was released in england it actually went straight to video like it didn't release in the cinema at all huh yeah weird right That's so strange and it's like really popular yeah, no, over but, there no but did the uh did the first uh, film release on feeders. I have no in clue. England, I have no clue. Okay, because that is so odd. Mm. I know. I thought that was weird too. So the the Clark's boss in the movie is actually Bill Murray's brother. No way. Yeah. No way. 
So that was pretty cool. Wow. And the last bit of trivia I have for you, which I think is kind of the best, Aunt Bethany, which is the one that like randomly pledges the, uh, says the Pledge of Allegiance and, you know, fucking says the Star Spangled, the one that like wrapped her cat up, that actress <laughs> obviously passed away now. Um, she was actually the original voice of Betty Boop, which I thought was quite cool. No way. Yeah, original voice. So she's 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 like a she's a seasoned seasoned actress, which I don't think anybody anybody would know, but she's the voice of Betty Boop. Wow, that's awesome. And that's that the end so of the awesome. trivia. All right, guys. So let me try this again. Uh that will uh that'll be it for this very, very, very special episode of the mixtape podcast. Um I don't know if we're gonna do this every season, but hey, uh we had a blast doing it, so who knows? We might do this again next year with another holiday classic if we if you know if we ever if we deem if we deem it so we might do it again. But um I just wanted to mention uh if you guys want to give um give our show a little bit of love, we are on Twitter. We're at the mixtape podcast eighty-eight on Twitter. We also have a Instagram page. It's the mixtape underscore podcast. And we also have a YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com slash the mixtape podcast. And the YouTube channel is just for people who don't uh, necessarily know how to um, how to subscribe to a podcast. If you like listening to podcasts on YouTube, you know, uh, me and Dean just want to we, me and Dean just wanted to give you that option there. So there are many ways that you can uh, uh, that you can reach us, support us, and subscribe to all these places so y'all can uh, get the latest news on our little wonderful show. But if you guys want to uh, talk to me about something, you can reach me on my personal Twitter page. I'm at CreekFanatic88. But Dean, if the good folks want to reach out to you and talk to you about anything, what would be the best place for them to do that on? So on Instagram, I'm Dean Stark 477 um, And I just want to say, if you like this podcast, please consider, I mean, I hate fucking saying this, subscribe and like and all that. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I have to say it because everybody fucking says it. But yeah, if you like it, subscribe to it. If you want to hear more, um, you know, drop us a line on our email, which will be in our bio. Um on on spotify and the last thing i want to say is merry christmas to everyone and i hope you have um an amazing christmas with your friends your family or whoever you choose to celebrate it with yeah yeah guys merry christmas and um have a good one and uh for now for my co-host dean stark this is us signing off with one more final word if someone is kind enough to make you a mixtape one day that must truly mean that they Love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.